0: Welcome to Unity of Tucson. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands to say for who was that, For whom was that a flashback <laughs> to a time. I mean, it's a flashback for each and every one of us, right? Um, even those of us who were not alive when the song was very, very popular. Um, so that gives you a hint as to the era in which I was born. It was not the 60s. It was the 70s. I was born in the 70s. Oh, but you know, that song uh, <clears throat> in many ways is so representative of the tone of the 60s, and frankly, you know, there was a movie that I think about, right? Now. I've been thinking about it a lot right now. I actually never saw the movie, but it was, there was a heavy rotation in advertisement in 1989 uh, around this movie. And, you know, the thing is, I looked it up and I didn't write it down, and I can't remember what the movie was called. But in the advertising, part of the point of, uh, one of the characters comes out and says, hey, man, the 90s are going to make the 60s look like the 50s. And the 90s did not do that by any stretch of the imagination. But I look at the world we're living in right now, and sometimes it feels like maybe, you know, we're revisiting, we're in a cycle of revisiting some of the challenges that, uh, you know, maybe had not been resolved. But here's the thing I know. We are the point of change. We are the point of change. That I know. We are not relegated to living in a challenging world. In the song it says, you hold the key to love and fear in your trembling hand. There's the key. Just one key unlocks them both. It's there at you. Your command. So as you go about your day, as you go about your life, as you go about your experience in this plane of action in the world, what door will you choose to open in any given moment? Because it is one key that unlocks either love or fear. What are you giving into? The decision is at your command. And that's where we begin with this week's discussion of divine audacity. Now, if you are reading along in the book, we're doing chapters five and six, but I'm going to invert talk how, which ones I'm talking about today. Chapters five and six are zeal and power, but I want to talk about power first. When we pray, how many, how many people here pray? When we pray, within this construct, within this philosophy, we understand and teach this idea. We are praying as one power. Not to a power, but as one power. So my question is this for you and this is a rhetorical question because i do feel like i still need to preface a lot of my questions by saying that for you what is that power how do you understand that power do you feel you have a connection to the power or do you feel you are infinitely connected as the power because it's all we ever talk about. We talk about one power, one presence, one infinite consciousness, one thing and one thing only. And that power is consistently unfolding itself and unfolding itself and unfolding itself in terms of creation. And the more we understand that we are not separate from it, the more we understand that we are not connected to it, but we are that power, the more we understand and acknowledge that idea, that understanding, the more we actively utilize that power in our lives. There is only one power of creation. So I'm taking this course right now. It's, I've talked about it briefly, it's a 40 week course of study. And it's given this kind of nebulous name, it's just called Advanced Consciousness Studies. What else are you gonna call it? Like we're talking about some of the headier concepts first from an intellectual understanding, but then saying, how do we take this intellectual understanding and actually utilize it in our lives? So I've been in this course, it's every Thursday night, and and we we meet for three hours on Zoom every Thursday night. It is quite, uh, and there are 20 of us, and boy, the conversations that are happening and unfolding with these magnificent ministers and, and practitioners and, and teachers and, and, and people in the world that are really committed to making change, understanding that consciousness is the point of view from which it all unfolds. So, let us consider consciousness from the point of view that we have recently been discussing in this course. Consciousness creates That's it. That's all we're talking about for the last two two months so far. But we're understanding it and we're learning it from the work of quantum physicists right now. And in quantum physics, what has been proposed to us is this. What we perceive as creation, what we perceive as the physical body, the elements of physicality, are simply collapsing waves of potential. I know, it's a lot, right? It's like... That all that exists as consciousness is potential. And the reason potential comes into expression in time and space is because it collapses based on an idea of observation. That once we decide something exists, it must be. Sounds like a philosophy that I have committed myself to understanding over the course of time. It's, a, it's real heady stuff, but they are doing experiments in quantum physics and quantum theory, and essentially they are proving new thought. It's the magnificent cycle of experience and expression that understands that there is no limitation except the limitation we create in our own minds. You know, the Fillmores knew it, Emily Cady knew it, Ernest Holmes knew it, Nona Brooks and Melinda Kramer knew it, Thomas Troward knew it. If you go all the way back to Anton Mesmer, who do you know who Anton Mesmer is? Not everybody knows who Anton Mesmer is. So Anton Mesmer is really, if you trace back the uh, the fundamental roots of the new thought teaching you're going to find a gentleman named anton mesmer who was a clockmaker and he came up with this idea of now it's called it's it's a funny name called animal magnetism that Essentially, everything that exists in form is the construct of an idea, and we can manipulate and affect form through our mind. Sound familiar? So, we're going back centuries at this point to Anton Mesmer. Now, his name may be familiar to you because that is where we get the word mesmerism, mesmerizing, because that is an effect and expression experience of the mind. So, We're simply moving through cycles of greater understanding all the time. And the magnificent thing is through our spiritual evolution, which corresponds with our physical evolution, we are deepening into our understanding more profoundly now than ever before, because it's gone from idea to idea to idea to idea, and every idea has built upon itself to deepen into our understanding, ultimately, of one thing there's only one thing going on, that's it. So in quantum physics, there are waves of possibility that collapse into expression. Now, before the collapse, and, and, and the thing is, we say collapse, but language is limited in the way we understand and express this. Before the collapse of these waves of potential impossibility. And I'll tell you again, I'll tell you even more why language is limited, because I still have a challenge of conceiving of it, this magnificent consciousness, outside a linear and spatially restricted idea. I still sometimes go to this notion of God is, but what I perceive God to be is the manifest universe, but God is more than that, because if God is infinite, and there can be nothing separate from it, and God cannot be limited to the expression of the universe. So before the collapse, what is happening is potential. And there is power in potential. How long have we been living in potential? The potential for what can be. We keep putting it out into the future. The loving experience and expression of life that seems out of our reach sometimes. How long have we been living in potential? Why don't we start to accept that infinite truth and collapse the experience and expression of our lives in form to be what we would like it to be? Come on, people, now smile on your brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. It seems we've, at least in the context of this song, we've been living in that potential for 56 years. And I still think that we have work to do in mind, utilizing consciousness, to find our way into that magnificent idea of potential, that love is all there is. Now, many of you may be sitting out there going, Well, I know that, but it's all those other people. (laughs) Because I know who I am. But all those other people, they're the ones who need to open their eyes up and be something. And I'm going to challenge you on that and say no. Your only role and responsibility is to not worry about the way other people are showing up to be the most magnificent expression of loving potential you can be. Because here's what happens. Just like the infinite flame of peace is reflected from within each and every one of us, the infinite flame of love is reflected from within each and every one of us, and it transmutes itself into experience, and we cannot help but Make other people, and it's not about making other people through power or force, but we cannot help but affect other people into a greater understanding and expression of their inherent divinity, not because we are saying to them, you must know who you are, but because we are living that infinite power and potential ourselves. It's like when Harry met Sally, and I know I use this all the time, but it it works. It's when Harry met Sally, people look at you and they'll say, I'll have what they're having. (laughs) Get it? (laughs) You hold the key to love and fear. It's there at your command. That is the power you have at your disposal. The power of creation is a product of consciousness, and your mind is the conduit for consciousness. How will you choose to use it today? How will you choose to use it today, in this moment, in this millisecond, and in this millisecond. And here's the thing, all of that that I've just talked about, that's already passed, so let that go. How will you choose to use it now? Step out of the need to Fix that which has been that may not be in alignment with what you would like life to be and step into making your life what you would like it to be here and now. That is the power. Charles Fillmore said, Today, people are striving to acquire power through money, legislation, and man-made government and falling short because they have not mastered themselves. I really do know I'm not getting partisan, and I'm not choosing to get political except to say that we have a choice in front of us coming up this Tuesday. Now, some of us may have already made our choices in relationship to the election. And I'm not here to tell you to do any one thing or vote any one way or to express other than what is true for you at the core of your heart that is in alignment with love. If I'm going to offer anything, To say that let your decision be guided by love. Because the election in the United States is a reflection of consciousness. Because there is nothing separate from consciousness. And so we are making a collective decision in this country to determine how we would like to proceed. Who will you be in that decision? Self-mastery, this idea of mastering, you know, oh gosh, I didn't realize that was cut off. (sighs) All right. I thought I was making them okay. (laughs) Well, you get it, right? (laughs) All right, so we're talking about mastering people, we're talking about the the capacity for each and every one of us to master ourselves. Does self-mastery for you translate into action in your life? Have you decided that you have mastered yourself? That's a great question. Or do you expect somebody else to engage that power for you? Oh, there's one of the ways that we can diminish our capacity for expression in this world by deciding that somebody else must make the decision or have the power over us. I've done it in my life. I just did a psych, So <laughs> part of the path of becoming an ordained unity minister is I had to do a psychological evaluation, that was fun, and you know, I talked about all these things throughout my 47 years of life, and now you can do the math and figure out which year in the 70s I was born. In my 47 years of life, I have had some considerations, and sometimes I have given away my power, to something outside or someone outside myself. And I'll tell you, that is not an expression of self-mastery. But I talked a lot about it in a psychological evaluation, and the great news is that the psychologist basically said, you've got it, you've figured it out, like, you know who you are. I'm like, well, I hope so, I've been teaching this stuff for 15 years. So, does self-mastery, and are you a master of the self, is it translating through you into action? Is it translating itself through you into action? Or do you expect someone else to engage that power? God is not a being that expresses power. God is power expressing as you being. So who do you choose to be today? We sometimes get lost in the idea, here's the other thing, we sometimes get lost in the idea that power and force are synonymous. They are not. In true self-mastery comes the realization that force is not necessary to express true power. I talked a little bit about it last week, willpower as opposed to allowing divine will. Will powers the engagement of force, it is not necessary. Knowing who you are is a powerful place to be. It is a powerful stance to take. Self-mastery is the use we make of our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs, to express and create our magnificent experience of life. Every week, uh, every week, I finish the uh, celebration by saying, Make your week magnificent. Has has anyone ever noticed that I say, make your week magnificent? I'm saying, you have the power. I'm not standing up here saying, I hope you have a magnificent week. I'm not. I'm saying, you get to decide what makes your week magnificent. You get to decide what makes your life magnificent. There is never hope in active creation. Hope limits the experience of active creation. You are a point of power. It does not require strain or force. True power is relaxed and assured. Now, sometimes we can get a little... uh, (laughs) The funny thing is I'm thinking about people who listen to a podcast, because we do podcasts, the talks, and I do sometimes visual representations that I'm sure people think, what is he doing? I can't understand when they just hear the audio of it. All right, so I'm shaking my body, saying, do you ever feel like you get a little overly, like, like I did at the beginning of the service today, and I've said, you know what? There's an infinite power and presence that is going to express itself. (sighs) True power is relaxed and assured. And if you find yourself veering over into that frenetic state, you are the point at which that can change. It is assured through knowing and embodying the inherent truth of your being. truth of your being. God is not a being. God is the power that shows up as your beingness. So let us rel- relieve ourselves once and for all of the notion that there is any separation. There is no separation. The power of the absolute is the power of what we perceive as the relative. There is no difference. So what does this all mean? There is no hierarchy in the infinite. There is no greater, there is no lesser. There is only consciousness. What if we let go once and for all of any notion that we are somehow inferior? I still carry that sometimes, an inferiority complex. It's work to let go of that. But it is based on an entire society telling us, you are less than. But I'm here to tell you, you are not. And I will continue to tell you, you are not. None of us is less than. We are simply points of conscious creation and we are unfolding as creation at all times and our choice is our choice in terms of how to utilize that. You know what? I'm even less interested, I'm even less interested now in this idea that there is any form of co-creation going on because that's another way that we structure the idea of creation. We say we are co-creating with God. But if that's who you are, if that is your core identity, there can be no co-creation. You are the creator of your life experience. I create my life and I harvest the good. This is something I can get behind with some enthusiasm. I can. I really can. I, I can sense when I think about this idea that I am harvesting my good, that I am the infinite power and presence of creation unfolding itself magnificently. I can sense that fire in the belly in relationship to the power of I am. I am. That is what takes us back to the previous chapter, zeal. Let's start with this. Cut off. (laughs) Sort of. You can still make, actually, it's, it's still mostly there. As is true with all of our spiritual abilities, zeal is natural to us. Spiritual zeal is the harnessing of enthusiasm as a propellant into purposeful living. I want to really point out zeal is natural to us. That's an important understanding. We do not have to create zeal we do not have to create enthusiasm we do not have to create that fire in the belly it naturally exists as each and every one of us we have not shown up on this plane of action merely to be it begs for me this question when have i and when do i relinquish my zeal for life and why maybe that's a question that will work for you if you ask yourself that the only, now, here's what I have come up with, because I do have an answer for myself. You get to decide the answer for yourself. The only time I relinquish my zeal, my enthusiasm, my fire in the belly, is when I forget who I am. That's what I've really distilled it down to. When I forget who I am, I can be dragged in any number of directions, and I lose the understanding of that enthusiasm in my core. And I start believing in the supremacy of stuff. On Friday, this past Friday, I did a full-day silent retreat, just myself. I came here, there was nobody here, you know the offices are closed on Friday. I came here, I sat in the prayer room all day long. I walked the labyrinth a few times, I walked the meditation path a few times, but I allowed myself to spend the entire day in silence. And I'll tell you, the hardest part of that was not looking at my phone. I have re- relinquished some aspect of my enthusiasm for life by thinking that there is power in what I can read on my phone. One of the contemplations I had during that day when I was starting to think about that pull in me to reach out and grab it and I'm just gonna check. I'm Just gonna do one little check, right? I had this as a contemplation. Am I in control? Yes, as long as I decide to be. How quickly I give over or dissipate my power and enthusiasm. This is something that can be detrimental to my well-being. What a magnificent revelation in that moment. And I'll tell you, I put my phone down a lot more over the weekend, much to the chagrin of some of the people who are trying to reach out and get in touch with me, reach out and touch someone. (laughs) Remember that? People trying to reach out and get in touch with me. But I then had to remind myself, My phone is for my convenience, not theirs. So what do I do? I get back up. I say, I recognize that this has been the case. I put my power in that thing, the stuff, the phone, whatever it is. I forgive myself for that perception of having slipped. I remind myself that I am here with and on purpose, and I am in charge of my well-being. I am a choice maker. We are all choice makers. What if we truly accepted that, truly accepted that, each and every day, in every moment, in that paradigm, we might sizzle? And then comes one of my favorite quotes of Charles Fillmore. I fairly sizzle with zeal, energy, and enthusiasm, eager to do that which ought to be done by me today. Isn't that a great affirmation? I fairly sizzle with zeal, energy, and enthusiasm, eager to do that which ought to be done by me today. You get to decide what ought to be done by you today. So what is yours to do today? Will you embrace your inherent power as the creator of your experience and do that which ought to be done by you? Will you? That which expresses the inherent truth of your being. You are love, you are light, you are life, you are magnificent. Come on, people, now, smile on your brothers and sisters. Everybody, get together. Don't just try to love one another, just do it. Don't try, do, do or do not. There is no try. Master Yoda, thank you for that. Move forward today, sizzling with zeal, rooted in magnificent power. Namaste.